Hello, and welcome to another episode of Millennials with Mics. I'm Aaron Mason. And I am Christian Stevens. And let's see, today we are talking about our favorite active musicians. Yes, that's important to specify active. Because especially, work. yeah. One of our episodes this season is on deceased musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've had, you know, we've talked about actors and things like that too, but we wanted to definitely define that these are living, working musicians. Exactly. So yeah. you still produce something here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if, uh, unfortunately, too seldom. A yeah, exactly. The, a lot of musicians, it doesn't matter who, a lot of these musicians will go years and years and years, oh my decades God. even, between album releases. Mm-hmm. Just kills you. Mm-hmm. But I think all of these, I think only maybe, I think a couple of mine will be the exception that haven't had chart-topping okay. hits. But for the most part, I think everyone will know most of our people. They'll know all of your people for sure. Okay. <laughs> but it'll be good. Yeah, We don't fun. talk about music terribly often. No, that's something show. I wanted to do too this season was to kind of dive into, you know... Like you were just saying, we were talking about actors and stuff a lot. We don't talk about our love of artists as far as musicians and stuff, too. Yeah. Which is something we enjoy, too. So, Because as much as we too. love uh, movies, you know, and movies are a big part of our um, lives and everything, mm-hmm. music is something like we don't, we don't watch movies every day. Most days, maybe. But, but we don't watch day, movies yeah. every day. Yeah. We listen to music every single day. That's true. Every single day. And so music plays a bigger role in day-to-day lives than, than movies does. Yeah. Although movies... Because film takes more of like you're sitting, you're paying attention, mm-hmm. and touching on it. Music, you can be at the gym, you can working, be doing chores, gym, you can be yeah. working, you can be doing driving, you know? Yeah. You can be doing anything while you're listening to music, yeah. That's so... A good, that's a good way of looking at that. Mm-hmm. It um And I mean, a person's... You think you know a person, but their music selection or their taste in music uh-huh. doesn't always match up with what you know about the person. Yeah, you know? sometimes it, you'd be like, huh, that's interesting, or surprised yeah. by something that they listen to or something. Like uh, one of one of my sales reps at work, um, she's this tiny little waspy white girl, <laughs> like probably even five foot nothing. And I saw on her um, Instagram, she shared her spotlight thing at the end of the year. The Spotify list? The Spotify, yeah. The yeah. Spotify thing. <laughs> All of her favorite stuff was rap, like gangster. Is she white? Rap. Oh, she's white and waspy as can be. White women. But it was Sometimes like, it's a pr- it's, as they love it. gangster rap as you can get. It was, I would have never thought that in a million years. So it's just one of those That's things funny. that you, you know, never know. And it's never like rock or anything. It's either like that, like mm-hmm. R&B and rap, or it's like South Bend country music and like <laughs> yeah. something from the, the sticks. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's funny though. But it's, yeah. Yeah. So, you'd be surprised. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> never know a person until you see their playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll be interested to see what our listeners think about our selections. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll kick us off. I have one more on my list than you do. Okay. So, just so the 
back yeah, and forth. Yeah, one on mine is kind of like a one a split, split yeah. type. Yeah, but you know, you go ahead and start. But um, I'll start off. Uh, Hozier is my first one. That's a um, good artist. We all know Hozier, even if you don't know him. You know his music. Everyone's what's heard that, Take Me to Church. What's that big single? Take Me to Church. Take me. I love that song. Yeah, it's really good. It's a good um, song. The whole album is good. There are a couple yeah. songs that are meh, but the album itself it just is really good. Um, I, for one, haven't listened to a whole a lot of Hozier. I've heard a few songs of theirs. Not like an album's yes. worth, I would say. It's just him. What Hozier. do you mean? Like, it's not a group. It's just him. Right, right. Okay. Okay. But. Um, he only has like two albums. The rest he has he has two albums and like three or four EPs. Okay. Which we were discussing the, EPs what, and albums. EPs and albums, right? Okay. So for a lot of people who may not know, I feel like a lot of millennials might not know this. EPs originally started. EP is short for extended play. And back when back in the forties, fifties, sixties when there was nothing but vinyls, right? You had your large vinyls which were 45s, I believe. Mm. No, your small ones are 45s. Excuse me. The small ones with the big hole in the middle, yeah, yeah. those are 45s. So a lot of times people would release singles, a lot like they do today, which there would just be one song on there, or they would right. release an extended play, which is a bigger one of these, which would usually have two songs on each side. So it's a hair bigger than that, but not as big as a normal record vinyl. Yeah, because like I mean, these EPs, like the forty fives, like they're because you have EP and then you have LP. Yeah. Okay. So, but the forty fives, the EPs like that were, I mean, compared to a normal full size vinyl record. Yeah. Maybe a third the size. Okay. Something like that. So that's where when they wouldn't release, it wasn't, you know. Two songs on each side, or one or two songs on each side, it was an EP. And so as vinyls went by the wayside over the years, they kept that mm. to where artists still released only three or four songs at a time, but they would they still wouldn't consider it a full-length album, so they kept the EP label. And so, you know, they don't make 45 records anymore. All you see is the LPs. Yeah, okay. But... That's that is where EPs come from. Okay. Um, you know, on when you're listening to it digitally, unless it's in the title, mm-hmm. usually you won't see unless you're looking at a chart or something like that. Mm-hmm. When you're listening to it itself, you wouldn't know the difference between an EP and a regular full length album, other than the right. song count. Right. Because it doesn't really differentiate online. I have a couple on mine that it'll say in the title itself, like blah, 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 dash EP. Oh, right, right, But that's the artist's prerogative to put that on there if they want to. They don't have to. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Okay. um, Anyway, so Hozier has his first album, which was just self-titled Hozier. um, And that's where Take Me to Church and... Right. A lot of those other songs, you know, Foreigner's God, Angel of Small Death, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to Be Alone, Working Song, a lot of good songs on there. And then last year, well, not last year anymore, 2019, he released his second album, Wasteland Baby, mm. which had 
songs like Nina Cries Power with Mavis Staples, um, Almost, Movement, a lot of good songs in there. Honestly, I like this album as a whole a lot better than the first one. Like Take Me to Church is such a classic song. But his second album, I like the album as a whole better. Take Nina Cried Power is, you know, it's about the... Uh, civil rights artist and the protest music from the six, 50s and 60s. Okay. Which, I mean, Mavis Staples was one of those singers. Yeah. Um, talks about all of the anthem, uh, protest anthems and things like that from the time. Mentioned several artists by name. Um, really good song, especially for the times we've been in for the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. But then there's some really underrated songs on there, honestly. Shrike, I think, is a fantastic song. Probably my absolute favorite of his. Um, B is really good. And then Sunlight as well. Sunlight Hmm. is a... It's one of his more classic uh, romantic love songs. Interesting. But... (laughs) Um, kind of like Take Me to Church or Working Song or a lot of that. Like a lot of his most popular songs are those songs that are about a lover or something like that. Uh huh. And uh, that's what Sunlight is. B, Nina Christ Power is obviously a protest song or an honor to protest songs, I guess. And then uh, B is also kind of a protest song. It mentions some stuff that is about Trump and shit like that. What's that one uh, little punk rock group back in the late 90s, early 20s that Green Day mm, mm-hmm. is very, you know, yeah, like that protest type controversial political yeah. statements. Yeah. So there, there have always with been. My, yeah. Yeah. There have always been but, some, uh, some sort of protest. A lot of. Oh, I was to say, like, even if you're not like an artist that drives on that specifically, mm-hmm. there's always an artist or an and group of to a degree have always at least produced a song or two at sure. least that you know is kind of like woke to yeah. the certain climate of society. Especially and- like there have always been that, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, present day, you know, Lady Gaga's "Born This Way" was definitely one of those songs. Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift's uh, song a couple years ago. I don't remember what it was, but it was right. a pro-gay anthem. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Katy Perry's had those. Katy Perry's had them. I mean, yeah. a lot, every group to some. Right. Every group that's not country usually <laughs> will have a protest song. And and we'll just leave that at that. Yeah. That statement's controversial enough as it is. Uh, so what's your first... Oh, speaking of controversy. What's your first person, Christian? <laughs> well, <laughs> my first person is my all-time favorite artist, and that's Marilyn Manson. And uh, um, as far as Manson's concerned, um, I've, I've enjoyed... Uh, his music since I was a kid, uh, me and Jordan would listen to him and his popular sing like covers and stuff like sweet dreams and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember growing up and my stepdad, Edward beans was like <laughs> mad as hell when he sees me talking about Manson oh or God. music videos. And, blah, blah, blah. 
and it made me love him more you know manson <laughs> not my yeah. dad um and so <laughs> growing up you know little by little i've been accumulating uh his work more and more and it's you know for a lot of mansonites um they're more uh, like traditional ones grew up like when he was starting off with his early albums like antichrist superstar and things like that mm-hmm. and so they loved that style of manson but as the years have gone by manson's really changed not a whole lot like his lyrics and his messages and his you know his drive mm-hmm. but as far as how heavy his metal is and screamo style and that's very much changed as yeah. he's he's dialed it down he's done more melancholy type slower dramatic deeper songs i think the the lyrics to his music is more poetic and beautiful today than it ever was and especially with the last few albums he's uh produced and that's one of the things i wanted to uh bring up is when he uh the last three he's worked he's done with was with loma vista records and not saying that has anything really to do with that like his the record company that produces music but that just goes to say like the pelt emperor and uh heaven upside down and this year's um or in 2020s um we are chaos were such well done well developed uh albums you can tell i feel like in comparison to his older stuff he's put a lot more energy he's worked with a lot more collaborative people and has put a lot more effort to making a masterpiece within each of his projects and so like pell emperor i mean that's got some huge bangers and that's the thing about me it's like i love his latest works mm-hmm. i'm like i'm more of the uh mature you know older manson fan the stuff he's been doing recently since like 2015 deep six third day of a seven day binge mephistopheles of los angeles are just huge mm-hmm. bangers from his um 2015 album and then heaven upside down while he was working on that album his father passed away so he had to extend the release date mm-hmm. delay the release date for that album and make it more personal and then he released some heavy stuff like satan and um heaven upside down which is the song based from the title of the album things like that and then this year man he released we are chaos which he actually finished working on before the pandemic and people find that kind of coincidental and ironic (laughs) since the song we are chaos feels very like the times you're in right now with this pandemic Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and that was a very very heavy beautiful just sweet album and so that's you know and i like his older stuff too yeah he's done a lot of great covers people love him for his covers of this is halloween for the um what's that uh a number for christmas mm-hmm. and uh you know just he's done a bunch of stuff yeah he does he's done a lot of singles too like yeah. just like outside of his albums he did a cover of uh god's gonna cut you down and he did his own version of the end and stuff mm-hmm. like that and he says he's done some cool shit and uh you know he doesn't get into the spotlight he does have social media yeah. but he doesn't get into like the whole you know, you don't see him at the Grammys or at the Oscars or anything like that. You know, he doesn't 
get into that stuff. He just works on his projects and does his paintings and keeps it his own dark, demented type of <laughs> solitary world. But you know, Manson's one of those guys. It's it's a show. It's a it's really theater. Like his appearance. Mm-hmm. It's not really what Manson is. And like the whole everything is a. I mean. If anybody doesn't know, his real name is actually Brian Warner. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it, you mm-hmm. take the paint and the eyeshadow off and things like that, he's just a guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you know, he was... That's his stage name, Marilyn Yeah. He was raised a uh, in a Christian household as a Christian. Um, developed, he said in interviews before that he developed more of an ag he doesn't actually proclaim anymore or if he ever did he doesn't actually proclaim to be an atheist he's not he he's a satanist spirit, he isn't a satanist actually well he's right he's a he's, registered satanist he's yeah. not he okay. said in an interview he said in an interview that he was not actually ordained you sure and the church of satan said that he was not an ordained minister hmm okay but he has said that he's not an atheist he believes in spirituality that doesn't come yeah. from gods and deities and things like that right. so that's really probably more agnostic than anything yeah, yeah. but because i mean it, you know there's a the whole spiritual realm to it but he's not what a lot of people pro or anti-manson because there are a lot of anti-manson people out there <laughs> obviously he's there's a lot more to him than he's what people layers. think yeah a lot more layers oh, yeah. i mean the and man's that's relevant paints. in his music yeah you know He's he's very complex, and his music shows that. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, there are a couple of his songs over the last couple of years that have they're not country songs by any means, but they definitely have. You can hear the country influence in them. Yeah, like, I know there was one song in his most recent album that was actually pretty good, "Broken Needle," uh, and he worked with Shooter Jennings mm-hmm. in this latest album. Which Shooter Jennings is kind of like that. He's like. A Manson version of country, I guess, country rock type of kind of whatever odd, but he it does. Was very refreshing. But no, it, it's a good song. And then, like I said, he did the cover of "God's Gonna Cut You Down," which he did a music video for that one. Then it's just him with a shovel in the on the farm, digging up um, a grave, pretty much, and just doing that with his acoustic guitar. And it was very interesting. But no, he he's. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of funny because Manson's, he's put a little bit of a Western country twang mm-hmm. into a couple of songs throughout his career. Yeah. And even though he's heavily on like metal and like sure. alternative punk rock type stuff, you know, it's like I tell people like, you know, you'd be surprised. Like Manson has a sound. I get that. Everyone has a sound. Sure. But there are sometimes they surprise you with a banger in a single in the <laughs> in the mix of their music mm-hmm. that's like like a golden treasure that you're like oh my god he really just out of all of this he just delivered that too mm-hmm. it's like something of a gold like a gem and uh i, I like that's what i enjoy about manson too like and most of his albums which are always usually pretty solid um not so much of his early stuff but his older stuff definitely yeah he I think does a lot of artists are like that yeah Either they, either they grow into their more, <clears throat> I know where my where mm-hmm. my stuff is at, or they kind of fall out of it, yeah. and they should retire. And we talked about that, like ACDC and like people yeah. like old rock bands 
just need to quit. Yeah. And, uh, but like Manson, I think he's in his prime. Yeah. Like literally like right now is where he's at with delivering like, this is his element of artistry at this, you know, this is where he needs to be producing as much as he can before he does want to retire. And I mean, right now he's on a rocker. He's 51, you know, he's been singing for damn, probably 20, 30 years (laughs) at least. And I mean, he could easily be singing for another 20 years if he wanted to. You know, yeah, I mean, he might slow down a little bit or so. He but could slow down, but I mean, he could. I mean, hell, if the ACDC and Aerosmith guys can sing in their seventies, he could sing for another twenty years at least, and be, yeah, hopefully and like, less embarrassing. Vocally than they and are. stuff, he's already kind of slowed down more so than yeah. like Steven Tyler and stuff. I don't even think he because there's surgery. with all of those guys who scream and things like that. Whether you're doing emo music or rock music or things like that, yeah. It takes a toll on your vocal cords. I mean, Steven Tyler has had vocal cord surgery numerous yeah. times because I mean, he he has he'll one never of the sound voices in rock the and same. roll. Yeah. yeah, and like that, it takes a toll. I'm sure the screamo music that Manson used to do a lot of. I'm sure that took a toll. And maybe that's know? why he's and that chilled, could be why he's slowing down you know? a little bit. Um, hell, even people like uh, Pendulette, who's a comedian, just you know uh-huh. the years of. Yeah, yelling and shouting, and I mean, you know, it. That was at first out of necessity because they were doing it on streets and things like that. So well, yeah, when your occupation and profession is anything that's entertainment to any format, yeah, in front it's going to have a role or a effect. It's a lot vocals. of it's a lot of talking. Yeah, and then when you're not on stage doing the talking, you're rehearsing it. Yeah, and then and you're, then you're recording it, and you're recording and it, and it's like you're doing this all day, yeah. and your vocal cords are just like strenuous. And so, and that does have an effect, mm-hmm. even if you're still writing and things like that. You know, like the ACDC guys, I think, are finding out with their most recent album, apparently. And like, even if you can still write good, that doesn't mean you can still sing it good. <laughs> true. <laughs> and Ozzy Osbourne too. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with his latest album. I'm glad he even produced in the latest. Album. That's kind of cool. But like. You know, he he kept it safe as far as how much he can actually give to that, to the music. And I mean, that's fine. You know, you are getting older. And you're... God, how old is Ozzy Osbourne? 72. Wow. He's younger than I thought he was, actually. Yeah, no, I thought he was in his 80s. (laughs) Damn. And I mean, he's been having some health scares. So, I mean... Yeah, he's had health scares on and off for the last 20 years or so. (laughs) For real. (laughs) But he's still around. He was eating bass before it was an issue, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a but, little bit of a pandemic uh ozzy osmond joke but, uh, <laughs> maybe not be funny for everybody <laughs> but no so anywho i know that was kind of expansive on on but manson there is a lot more to him than people think yeah and i guess that's kind of like yeah that's my thing like manson uh, of all the and i'll say that this is even true for everyone else down my list but as far as all the artists, I have to mention that um, Manson's one of the one rare original writers who doesn't write what the agency wants him to write. They, he mm-hmm. writes his own stuff. He works with good collaborators, and he puts in the time and energy to do something poetic and beautiful every single damn time. And they're not all greats. Yeah, granted, there's some hits and miss, like with every artist. But he does give his damn on most of it uh, all of it so um that's 
And that's something why I appreciate him mostly is, you know, even if I hear a single, it's like, eh, it's all right. I know that he gives his shit, you know, and uh, yeah, he really tried. He really tried. And he's he's a rare bird that I mean, of all the oddities out there, <laughs> that motherfucker is out there. And so that makes him even more unique and cool. So anywho, what is next on your list, Aaron? So next on my list is James Young. Okay. Okay. Um, he's one that I don't think is notoriously well known. Like I think he's got a couple of songs <sighs> that did pretty familiar. well. But I can't ring a bell. He's not a chart topper by any means. Okay. Um, he's only had one album and then like one oh. or two LPs, something like that, well, um, okay. and several singles released over the years. Okay. Um, he just released a couple of singles in 2020, I think. Um, tied down. Or Feel Something is the name of the album. Okay. Um, Tied Down is a really good one. Feel Something is a good one. Stone and Infinity. And what genre does he do? Um, It's kind of like an alternative rock, alternative pop rock, things like that. Okay. Um, it, he's he's good. He's got a higher voice, um, hmm. kind of like a lot of those alternate, alternative musicians, mm-hmm. male musicians do. Um. It, I, my girlfriend Lauren actually introduced me to him, mm. and I ended up really liking the album. And yeah, I I I really like his stuff. It's okay. you know lyric wise, it's um a lot of it's about that you know kind of like Hozier, kind of about his lover and things like that, right? And being with someone and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the highs and lows of that. Cause you know, like uh, tied down kind of is about feeling tied down, feeling not free, things like that because of your lover, your job, whatever. Yeah. And then you have things like infinity, which is the lyric is I love you for infinity. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, he's got a unique voice. And you I, say his whole first album is pretty much that message yeah yeah i always find that you know and that not related to james young or anything mm-hmm. but i always find that interesting in general about artists mm-hmm. it's like you know like they usually it's kind of like a book in a way yeah. a vinyl or an album is dedicated to a certain mm-hmm. point yeah and you hear that message in a different way by lyrics and mm-hmm. vocals and all that kind of stuff in each song through the vinyl but they're all saying the same thing practically and i occasionally am okay with that Mm -hmm. but then on occasion i'm just like i wish almost like uh and i mean manson's the same way with a lot of his albums but like uh, i wish like okay so let's say you had an an album and there Mm -hmm. was like 10 tracks on it right um and there was 10 tracks on it so, <laughs> yeah, sorry, little technical difficulties. Um, I wish instead of like all ten tracks being like, I'm saying the same thing, but in <laughs> sub sub A B C D E, you know, I wish it would be like here's two or three hits, you know, that I'm producing. Next. Yeah, I'm saying this about this, mm-hmm. but then let's switch the board, and now I'm going on the other side of the yeah. fence. On a even if they hits. sound have the similar sound, things like that. But the message, the message the lyrics, just I, change that up. And 
have a love-hate relationship with this artist, but um, it's a good example just for active relative reasons. But uh, Miley Cyrus just um, released her latest album, Plastic Hearts, and I listened to it, and it was her kind of like her angst punk, you know, nostalgic rock album. And um, reminded me when she did her first one back, shit, back in 2010 or something like that. And so, but the thing, it was, it was that. It was, you know, she got out of her relationship with Liam Hemsworth and all that kind of stuff. And you can tell that her whole album was just a, you know, free-spirited, mm-hmm. you know, rebellious angst, just do whatever I want type, fuck you attitude. Yeah. And, you know, she did an all right job on a few of those hits, but the whole album itself was just the same message in all of the tracks. And I was just like, yeah, uh, it gets a little tiring. And I wish, and I'm not just saying that for my stars, but like in general, like artists, I wish kind of mixed it up. Yeah, I think with uh, their, with their songs. a good example of that would be like one of Katy Perry's first albums. You know, you had Circle the Drain, which was very song. poignantly about her relationship with Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the album wasn't like that. Like that was one song with one very specific message. Again, yeah. In the that. middle of mm-hmm. All fireworks other. and fireworks. a bunch of other really popular songs like we that had nothing about, to do with that. Um, Fireworks, that's a pro-LGBTQ type mm-hmm. of um, protesty type yeah. song that we were talking about. And yeah, that yeah, I so agree like, with you. Like Katy Perry, she mixed it up as far as what she's trying to say and in that's, her album. That's not to I say like that. that all of her albums have been like that necessarily, but that one in particular... Especially lately, but yeah. That one in particular is a really good example of what we would personally prefer they do. Yeah. Rather than having one whole album about Russell Brand and how much he fucked her up and blah, 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 or blah, Taylor blah, blah. Or Taylor Swift with whoever she was dating. Yes. And, or Miley Cyrus. It Have yeah, one exactly. song about it and move the fuck on. <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? <laughs> All of these fans buying your albums are not your therapist. Sorry, but they're not buying your albums to listen to you bitch creatively about your fucked up relationships. It's funny you say that because... There is a there is a line there that you are right about, but in how the artist sees it, it's like as the listeners, we go into these, you know, we like the artists, we like what they mm-hmm. say, we like what they sing, and all that kind of stuff, and we like their performances, and uh, we listen to it, and we kind of feel personal, you know, it's always mm-hmm. personal, it's always, and I think, and the like, if we were in their shoes, the mm-hmm. artist's shoes. They are wanting to produce an album that they're thinking in their heads. It's like, okay, well, they are my fans. They want to feel it personal and they want to be able to connect and, and feel. connect and stuff. So they want to make it as personal and connective as possible for us, which I and get. Yes, to an to an extent, right? And then there's there's that boundary of like, okay, but you know, we're not going to want to listen to a whole like an hour's worth of songs about it mm-hmm. maybe a few songs here and there about it yeah or like change up the you know but just but they get in their heads it's like entire, they want this they want this entire they want this. albums yeah i know complaining complaining about inventing about your relationships that move into talking about how free you are now and how things are going to be better and brighter this time and 
all this bullshit. It's the it's the grieving process in an album. From yeah, like, all the way from denial to anger to They make acceptance. their vinyl their personal diary. And that on audio. I just I get that. Right. You want connection. Fans want connections with Oh yeah. The their, Always find the artists that they want. And vice versa. Some, yeah. But to the original point, I just don't think that and I, I agree with you, I don't think entire albums should be one about one topic like that exactly uh, you know you want to connect with your fans connect with them talk as an artist as a best-selling artist talk about have a song that's about that's pro-immigration that's pro-lgbtq that's pro all these issues and all these groups of people that you're passionate about and that are passionate about you don't make it all about your fucking breakup take all your passions that you have and categorize it into one album versus one of those issues or one of your passions and then into one album. Mm -hmm. Because regardless if it's like, you know, a political thing, a religious thing, or a relationship thing, you know, it's all good if you do it simultaneously into one album, not pick one and then dedicate your whole album on this issue. Yeah. And in a sort of semi-relative way, it's kind of like, when I listen to ACDC's new Powered Up album, not the same, it's not about the message. Mm-hmm. It's about the sound. Now, we all know ACDC <laughs> vocally and all that kind of stuff practically sounds the same. You listen to a whole ACDC album, it's like noise, 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 noise. <laughs> well, this was literally noise, 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 noise. Like, there was no um, back in black, uh, Thunderstruck. Nothing like that going on. This was just a white noise, muted, we're tired, and we wrote the same gibberish with different (laughs) verbiage for like Mm -hmm. 13 fucking songs. And I'm the only one who has the balls, as an ACDC fan, by the way, to say that. (laughs) Um, Because I love rock. And I love all sorts of music, but I love rock. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are praising the new album, and I'm like... Okay, fine. I'll be the one to fucking say this fucking sucks. Uh, I mean, you gotta hear it. You gotta hear it. Well, we could do a bonus episode here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> about some shoddy albums. About washed up rock musicians. <laughs> In general, yeah, yeah, just that. Like, <laughs> but um, anyways, but it it just goes so like it's either artists do a vinyl about one message and point, and it kind of mm-hmm. gets tiresome, or you do an album. That's just the same noise. And yeah. it's like, that's tiresome. And that's why most of the artists I'm choosing on my list here are not like that. <laughs> and back to your James Young, Aaron. Sorry to uh, <laughs> sideline that. No, good discussions. I good was, discussions. Uh, whew, I get heated. Okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, take a break real quick. Okay. Get in our uh, ads and then... We'll- Alrighty, so we will continue with your next group slash person. <laughs> yes, that's that is what it is. Um, my person slash group is Alice Cooper, uh, second favorite artist, and uh, his little group he has recently accumulated, uh, Hollywood Vampires, and so. Yeah, Alice Cooper, you know, not a whole lot 
different from Manson in some ways. I mean, his theatrics, his makeup and the snakes and the spiders and all that mm-hmm. is all theater. It's not who Alice Cooper is. Because he is actually a born-again Christian. He's a born-again, non-drinking Christian who's so a odd. soccer dad who... Hasn't always is, been like that. A, no, I know. But, that's, that's true. But deep down, I think he's always felt that. <laughs> like, But Alice, I mean... I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, back when he was in his younger days, mm-hmm. I mean, he he was just as much of an, you know, rocker, drinker type, you know, rebellious. Like, he had his own sound from the get-go. Yeah. He always took his music to some sort of gothic uh, fantasy. Uh, yeah. He would um, fucking sing things about Frankenstein and... Dark dreams and nightmares and spiders and ghoulish stuff. And so, that was always fun about Alice Cooper. Yeah, absolutely. He did some sort of like protesty type things. And that's more with Hollywood vampires. Um, but Cooper, he's always, you know, theatrically, he's always done such zany mm-hmm. sort of metal type weird shit. That's like... Man, I don't like Alice Cooper because he's da 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 da. Well, <laughs> if you look beyond, it's like same with Manson. If yeah. you look beyond, peel the onion, peel the onion, and you look in, it's like they're more, I think, relative and stuff than people think. Yeah, and absolutely. So, and Alice Cooper, I mean, <laughs> school's out, you know, and uh, he's done so many great hits, "The Ballad of Dwight Fry," and uh, yeah, he's done such great songs and um and like i said recently uh he's worked he's worked with uh johnny depp uh joe perry and tommy henriksen on a hollywood vampire group that they started up they cooked up and it was um their first album which was just by the name hollywood vampires um was a sort of tribute to their long lost friends um you know from Hollywood and just rock and roll. And so it was kind of like a tribute album to them. Most of it was heavy covers, uh, a few original hits. Uh, What was one they did? Uh, My Dead Drunk Friends is a great song. And um, that was one of their all-time best from their first album. Yeah. And so that was always fun. And it was cool because, you know, you got... Joe and Johnny on the strings. You got Tommy Tommy Hendrickson on the guitar with background vocals. And then Alice Cooper did most of the lead. But then they released their second album back in 2019 called Rise. And Rise was more of a personal album out of like Johnny Depp's diary. Especially with everything going on with his personal life. Um, It was quite an interesting... And he wrote most of it too. Most of the songs. Hmm. And uh, and that's one of those awesome albums that it's a kind of like a protest, you know, has protest songs, has diary personal songs. Yeah. But each song has a different kind of message. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. We're not saying the same thing here and it's here. It's not and here just and here. regurgitation. And what's fun about Hollywood Empire's Rise was that most of it was lead covers by Alice Cooper, but 
Johnny Depp got to do a couple of the covers. He did a cover of Heroes by David Bowie, which was fantastic. He did a cover of People Who Died, which was fucking brilliant. And then you've got uh, Joe Perry, who did a cover of one of his songs from Aerosmith. And then Tommy Henriksen did an original song that he wrote that was um, also an original. And then they wrap up with a song called Congratulations, which isn't really a song. It's more like just a sort of diary speech where they each get to say a little piece about yeah. their own life. That's cool. And it reminded me of Highwaymen. When oh, yeah. Like Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and all them. They are kind of like a rock well, version of Highwaymen, aren't they? Yeah, sort of like that. <laughs> and I thought that was very, very sick. And But it's fun because it's not Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper is Alice Cooper, but with Hollywood Vampires. It's a different dynamic it's a different thing but he still keeps his energy and his theatrics and stuff like that i mean cooper is still cooper but you know when you have your own type of band thing it's like joe perry joe perry's not aerosmith joe perry he's his own joe perry yeah you got johnny Depp from acting to a fucking rock king and then you know just things like that so like you take them out of their element and then you put them together in a fun band and that's always kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a two two hitter. I I love Alice Cooper and the Hollywood Vampires, and Cooper's obviously him and part of that band. So that's a that's a two hit stone. But now they just have the two albums right now, uh, Hollywood Vampires, and I uh, hope they do more. We'll see. And Cooper, I mean, he's done. Oh God, he's done hundreds. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, it's kind of like with Manson. A lot of his older stuff kind of all sounds like white noise. Mm-hmm. His last album that he released just by his single art itself was a uh, paranormal. And that was a great fucking album. He had some great stuff like uh, paranoid personality and dead flies and paranormal and things like that. And I was like, that's it. I have that on LP vinyl and that's a, that's a hit. And I love that album. Um, but that's the last one he did. I think back in 2016 or something like that. Okay. But no, so that's um, all I got to say about my, second favorites <laughs> uh what do you got aaron um one thing i will say about hollywood vampires okay they do have some interesting stuff um they do you could definitely tell that the first album they did was more of a uh like i said it was a lot basically all covers except for like one song i think one or two yeah um you could really they did extended songs only on digital which yeah. were like all original <laughs> But yeah, uh-huh. but you could really tell that that first album was really more of uh, to test the waters to see how well it would yeah. do. Because, I mean, they had been, you know, they would go and they would sing together and things like that, like in person. But yeah, I don't yeah, think they really showed up to each other's stages. And a lot of people didn't know. A lot of people didn't know about them. A lot of people still don't know about them. Oh, I know. Um. So I think that first album really was because it was a lot of covers, almost all covers. Um, it really seemed like it was really to test the waters to see how well how well the album would do with that group of people, how well the songs would be received, who their and fan the group, is, who and their like, fan base would be, like really just to throw it out there, see what happens, and go from there. And then it seemed like it was successful enough to be able to do their next album four years later Mm -hmm. like they did, which seems to be doing, seems like it did pretty well. Yeah. And they still do stuff. I mean, no one's doing anything really because of COVID right now, but exactly. 
you know, that before COVID and hopefully after as well, they'll continue to do things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, yeah. And then, like I said, their, their second album was most, it was like all originals mm-hmm. um, with a couple of covers. So it yeah. was completely, they switched the board on that. And yeah. instead of like Cooper doing mostly all the covers, it was they let Depp and Perry and Henriksen and all of them mm-hmm. do a cover to each. And they had more vocal as much as instrumental with each of them. Yeah. And I thought that was very exciting. And they always add some fun old school people too, like Paul McCartney and yeah. other legends are in the mix with their songs too. And that is pretty cool. That is pretty sick. But so my next person, um, a lot of people don't know her herself. Um, they know her because of her former association. Um, Lacey Sturm, the former singer of the former lead singer of Flyleaf. Mm, yes, Flyleaf. Hard rock. Um, a lot of people classify them as Christian rock band. Um, hmm. Several years ago, when I say several years ago, it's probably closer to 10 years now than I would care to think about. Um, but she broke off and to start her own, to do go do music on her own uh, several years ago. Uh, and she's only had the one album, Life Screams. Uh, very good album. Um, but then her stuff with... I'm trying to buy. Oh, um, <laughs> Flyleaf. Okay, was very good. Um, got into them when we were in high school. Okay, um, they've always had this love hate relationship with the, or Flyleaf always did with the Christian rock label. They didn't view themselves as a Christian rock band. Mm. Their members happened to be. Christians to what extent I don't I never know. thought of them as a Christian rock band in my life. And see that personally either. A lot of people like a lot of hard rock fans don't think of them like that. Yeah. Um but because Christians want to claim anything they possibly can is theirs. And why do they think it was? Because all of the members are professed Christians. And if oh. you listen to their lyrics, some of their some of Flyleaf's original lyrics did specifically mention God, but they still weren't Christian songs. Yeah, you know they you didn't have that specific Christian message without it being the closest I can think of. Um, I. Th- think was circle on the album or memento mori um they talk about christ's outstretched arm i believe other than that they're really not a christian band in my opinion okay and i think a lot of hard rock fans would agree yeah um her independent album she released a single in 2020 uh, maybe in preparation for an album i don't know but um, she released a single in 2020, but her album was really the same way. Hmm. Very inspirational hard rock, you know, and that's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's refreshing for the genre to have something that's... I love hard rock, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the hard rock is about how, you know, life sucks, it's so hard, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
And I get that. I like it. But it is refreshing at the same time to have a version of hard rock that's not that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not explicitly Christian, but it still has an inspirational message to it, inspirational okay. feeling to it. it. It's refreshing. Um, and I thought the album that she did was really good. Has she only um, produced the one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Independently. She's written a couple of books. Um, the books have been expressly Christian books, like being a Christian is a big part of her life. Okay. And it is a big part of who she is in her career. But her work, both with Flyleaf and her independent work so far, music-wise, has been not so explicit. It's taken a little step back from that. And she did that intentionally? Seemingly, yes. Okay. Definitely with Flyleaf, they did. Yeah. Um, and Flyleaf, they had two albums, I believe, with the singer, with the lead singer who replaced Lacey. I don't recall oh. her name right now. Um, they did okay. The first album they did, I think it was an album and an EP. The first album that they did with the new singer was really good. She had, she didn't sound exactly like Lacey. Um, she had a nice new voice and it was really good. Um, she ended up actually leaving the band a few years later because she felt that Flyleaf's fans didn't accept her as Christian enough. Good. Well, I don't know about the Christian part, but like <laughs> accepting new lead scenes is always a hard thing. It's like with, uh, um, what's the, the gay uh, artist from American Idol who's now on Queen? Oh, Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. You know, he's the, you know, Queen's new... He's the new vocalist. Lead, lead vocalist. And it's life. funny, too... I don't think a lot of Queen fans accepted that, either. It's funny, because in that specific instance, he is not a member of Queen. He is not a member of the band. Yeah, that's the They are line. specifically marketed as Queen and Adam Lambert. Yeah. I find that so interesting. So I always have. I, that is so incredibly interesting of like them. Why not? Ex because I mean, it's. I get that they're. They don't want it to feel like he's replacing Freddie Mercury. I get that. Yeah. But he is. He's replacing Freddie Mercury <laughs> when he is your exclusive. Vocalist, yeah, that you've had He's, that you've released albums with on top of that, I'll be them live. But when you have released albums with yeah. this vocalist, when he is your exclusive touring vocalist, um, and you know, in 2020, they released they re or they released a new version of We Are the Champions with Adam Lambert. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> oh, God. I don't really think anyone does. Um, <laughs> it true. charted number one in the UK and 56 in the US. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're honoring Freddie Mercury by not doing that, by not replacing him, even though they are replacing him. <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, I don't think he would really care. I think he would want the band to go on and a new vocalist, they could pick a better vocalist, but a new vocalist would be the way to do that. And they're honoring him too by his replacement vocalist being a member of the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, so 
I just find it so interesting and so odd that he is not a part of Queen. Like, he is not actually a part of Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he is a collaborator with them. It's mind-boggling to me. That's so um, Anyways, very off-topic. <laughs> um, no, Lacey Sturm, that's still... I don't listen to a lot of the uh, bands I listened to in high school that were religious overtones or the re- religious music i do sometimes just because i get nostalgic and like music's music i you know right plenty of non-believers sing christmas music or sure. publish christmas music i mean hell half of the christmas music from the 40s and 50s was sung by jewish singers and god knows they yeah. didn't so i don't believe in and that's partially why i like christmas as much as i do because i don't believe that music itself is religious regardless of what the lyrics say or what the artist originally intended um but she is one of the few that i still regularly listen to it's just since their limited number of albums you know kind of limits how often i listen to it but yeah that's true but there you go who do you got next um next on my list would be the pretty reckless Ooh, a good one which I think they've got their kickstart up in 2009-2010. They, uh, you know, lead vocalist uh, is Taylor Momsen. Um, Who was, a lot of people may not know, Cindy Lou Who in the Jim Carrey Grinch. How the Grinch Show Christmas, yeah. And she also was a co-star and uh, I think it was Gossip Girl. Something like that. One of those CW shows. Leighton Meester or something. One of those things. <laughs> So, yeah, and that's, like, the extent of her acting career, yeah. practically. But, yeah, Cindy Lou Who. And uh, now she's just a sexy, beautiful, <laughs> fucking awesome, oh, my God. just ugh. Really good vocalist. I'm a really, really good vocalist. Uh, I love Taylor <laughs> Robinson. Oh, my God. <sighs> Anywho, yeah, oh, my God. She's fucking brilliant. She's talented as fuck. She's beautiful. She can fucking write. She's got a fucking voice, <laughs> and she's got a cool uh, team together, and they do, you know, and that's, I'm going to be quite honest, like, this is one of the only modern day youthful groups today that I actually like, <laughs> that haven't been around forever. That's, I'm an old school guy. I like a lot of, you know, Manson, that says young old as it gets for me mm-hmm. but you know that he's been around for like we said 20 30 years but pretty reckless i mean shit since like 2011 like i said when they released light me up was their first album what a fucking great album just <laughs> fucking awesome oh my god um not the zombie by the cranberries but their own song zombie and then my medicine and make me want to die and miss nothing i mean shit such all original music and like no covers they don't do no fucking covers yeah and it's and she does some hell of a music videos i mean oh my god her music videos and then in 2014 she released her second album going to hell which i have on vinyl and it's a fucking great album oh my god uh going to hell heaven knows house on the hill House and, on a Hill is so know, fucking good. Right? Oh Our, my god. Aaron and I, we both love that one. Um, 
And she's just, again, it's just like, it's a 10-track album. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God. It's a 14-track album. Oh, a couple of acoustics. Okay. They all do acoustics <laughs> of their songs. Um, But, yeah, shit. She just releases such bangers, and uh, I fucking love it. And so, but as an honest fan, because I'm honest about all my fucking people that I love, um, we all have hits. We all have misses, right? Mm-hmm. And so they released a third album in 2016, which was Who You Selling For? Um, she was going for a more... Kind of country, more country bluesy. Bluesy type twist to her music. And in my opinion, failed. <laughs> um, there were two songs on there, in my opinion, that were really good. Right. And we talked about this, Take Me Down and Oh My God are two really good. Oh no, there's one you lo- really like. The beginning of... The first half the of... Very, the first... It's not even the first half. It's like the first oh, the 20 first seconds of the very first song. The walls are closing in? Yes. Okay. It's a... I wish to God they would do... Yeah, walls are closing in slash hangman. The, the song starts off... Or the first song starts off and it's just her on the piano right um singing and it is absolutely out of this world and then we go into walls are closing in walls are closing in is fine but i wish they would do an entire song of just Just her on the vocal like finish that song because it's just like one one line from one song and that's it i wish they would do an entire song recorded of that because it is absolutely beautiful yeah and i mean yeah like i said that's a that's a she does beautiful pieces all in general and i wish like you said make an expensive song on that um but it's funny because the two songs that i thought were the biggest bangers were take me down and oh my god those are really good are also the only two she did music videos of Mm -hmm. which is funny (laughs) because manson's latest album we are chaos his two best songs we are chaos and um don't what's that other song called uh don't something dead don't don't oh my god i'm having a brain fart um (laughs) but don't chase the dead Mm. don't chase the dead sorry God, I'm sorry. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> um, but those two songs, his recent album, he only had those two music videos. It's mm-hmm. like, so they know, they know, like, as fans too, it's like, we know what your good songs are <laughs> because you actually did music videos for these songs. Yeah. And so that kind of tells me that the rest of the album was shat. And it <laughs> was not my favorite. I'm just going to be honest. I don't mean to dump on it too much, but. If it's I'm an not fan, your favorite, it's not your favorite. And this was not really good. And I think I'll agree. they've now, you know. They're going back to the basics. That was back in 2016. It's now, um, 20, well, back in 2019, they were talking about a fourth album, right? And it's been lollygagging for a little while now. But here in 2021, Through... <laughs> we're hoping to get the new. February 12th. Because they released a single in they released 2020. A few, they a few released singles a few. in 2020. They announced with dropping a single death by rock and roll which was the title of the album which was a fun fun uh, single then they did this little short thing during halloween called broomsticks and then on black friday of 2020 they released oh, okay this wasn't part of this album this is just a fun single but a song called only you which is 
absolutely great. Oh my god, it's actually one of my favorite songs. Hmm. It's such a good single, and it's not part of the new album, but it's it was a fun surprise, and it's absolutely refreshing, and it sounds like their old stuff, and I loved it. And uh, but yeah, and, oh, she released another one, uh, twenty five, which is very sweet, very poetic song, and so um, yeah, I have promise for this album. I think this is gonna sound like a lot of her, you know, first the original two, stuff, original stuff, not so much of the third. And so I already pre-ordered that motherfucker <laughs> um, on vinyl, and so I'm so excited. To I really to do it. like them. Um, zombie, it's not a cover of the Cranberry Zombie. It's their right. own song. It's it their is own song called Zombie. Brilliant song. It's a good song. Um, House on a Hill, like you said, that's what brilliant. A beautiful the song. music video is brilliant for that, too. Yeah, um, talk about... Uh, protest type yeah. music. Yeah, no, that's... Um, they have so many good... Good songs, they really do. I'm looking very forward to this next album. Yes, absolutely. Especially because I don't know of all my favorite artists who else is going to produce anything for me in 2021. So <laughs> if if all I get is the pretty reckless, then so be it. <laughs> yeah, but, and you know, a lot of us, a lot of us, both of us had a harder time um, with this particular topic because so many of so much of what we listen to the vast majority of what we listen to are artists who are either dead or retired <laughs> absolutely and so it was difficult like for me in particular for, for my, the example I'm about to give at least you know uh Lacey Sturm is the only female in my list mm. and female vocalist tend to be the majority of what I listen to. Uh-huh. I love so many male vocalists, don't get me wrong. Sure. I really do. But I listen to a lot more female vocalists for whatever reason or another. Um, but again, the reason there's only one female on here is because, you know, Pretty Reckless almost made my list. Um, <laughs> but the vast majority of the female artists that I listen to, the vast majority of the artists, period, aren't alive. <laughs> Right, you know, uh, they're not alive or they don't do stuff anymore. Um, I yeah. listen to a lot of oldies music. Oldies, I don't mean sixties and seventies. You millennial fruitcakes. Um, when I say oldies, I listen to like the forties and fifties channel on Sirius XM. He listens to that terrible stuff, <laughs> and that's that's some of my favorite music. People, <laughs> people who died before our parents were born is a lot of what I listen to. And somehow to. Aaron <laughs> knows and listens to that. Love it, my favorite music. Um, oh my god! But with that said, um, my next person is Avi Kaplan. A lot of people don't know who he is. Um, he was, a lot of people will know, will recognize this at least. He was the bass singer for Pentatonix, the acapella Christmas okay. people. Yeah. Um, they're not well known individually, um, not particularly. But a lot of people know Pentatonix. You know, we hear their Christmas music almost as much the last few years as we hear Mariah Carey's all i want for christmas like to the annoying extent right i like pentatonics i like some of their stuff but it's it's getting to that point with it but that said avi kaplan broke off from pentatonics to do his own thing um he's had several singles one album and one ep and the ep is actually alternate versions 
of songs of some songs from his album. Um, okay. They're in a different key. Some of them are acoustic. They're just they're completely different from the original works. Okay. Um, and I absolutely love him. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to him a lot the last several months. Um, he's really good. He really is. His music with or his singing with Pentatonix was really good. He was one of the best members by far, in my opinion. Um, their beatboxer is amazing. They've started to do some. They've started to get away from their acapella ness and start bringing some right. instruments in, which I don't particularly care for. Oh. Um, but when they were doing strictly acapella, I forget the guy's name, but the guy who beatboxed was absolutely incredible. Hmm. Really, really incredible. Um, but Avi Kaplan specifically was really their standout singer to me. Um, he did a cover of Lean on Me hmm. um, that was okay. really good. That was one. He did a cover in the album and he did an alternate version of it in the EP. Um, and then he had some other songs, I'll Get By, Aberdeen, um, really, really good. Kind of has a more of a, all of his songs, whether it's alternates or the normal stuff, it's all kind of a folksy rock. Okay. Kind of folksy country rock, whatever. Um, I would definitely recommend listening to him. I absolutely love him. That's a, that's interesting though. Pentatonics. They always make uh, those Christmas songs a little bit more oomph. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, who's uh, the last person on your list? Um, Another one of the newer people. Yeah, I, I went down with, with some fresh blood. Uh, Greta Von Fleet mm-hmm. um, is really young. They've won, I think they've won a Grammy now. But they're a band of brothers think from michigan and uh as you've told me they released one album and one, an ep one album and two two eps, EPs. okay yeah two eps they have a fourth album coming out later in 2021 okay so they're uh the battle at gardens gate that's the album coming out okay that's Oh, yeah, 2021. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. From the Fires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 2017. So, yeah, it was a track of, like, what, eight songs? And, um, oh, man, each of them were just such, for their first um, album so far, uh, a, lot of good, a lot of good hits, a lot of good singles. Um, Safari Song, uh, Edge of Darkness, Flower Power. A Change is Gonna Come, Highway Tune, Black Smoke Rising, damn. Um, man, some of their music's already been played in a bunch of uh, motion pictures, like Aquaman. <laughs> and so, they're coming around, but like I said, they're they're young, they're young uh, kids. And they've got that sort of Steven Tyler-y, Led Zeppelin-esque type sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good. Um... I'd say that a lot of some of their songs are starting to sound the same as far as white noise and trying to, you know, different lyrics and all that kind of good stuff, mm-hmm. but just kind of like could change the beat up, kind of change the tone a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's not to go with their, 
vinyl, their album album, but with their EPs and stuff like that, like it's starting to all kind of. Mm. So hopefully with their new album, it's got some new change with you know the vocals and the lyrics yeah. and uh, not much as the lyrics as much as the sound. I guess what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, awesome track. And uh, they're really good and they're talented. And uh, they're, uh, like I said, they haven't done a whole lot so far. Yeah. And so, kind of like with Pretty Reckless, I'm waiting to see more from them. And go to Von Fleet. And apparently they're going to launch a new album in next year. And so, I I will be looking forward to that. And I will check that out when it does come out. That's cool. Apparently they already have two singles available. Hmm. I'll have to listen to the call My Way Soon and Age of Machine. So, and it's going to apparently be a 12-track album. Oh, wow. So, cool. Cool, Nice. So, just a little heads up for any Greta Von Fleet fans. Um, But that is the last on my list. Who do you have to wrap up your list, Aaron? So, wrapping up my list is... uh possibly the best known of my five um hosier might be the best known these would definitely be they would be in a close race um 30 seconds to mars mm-hmm. um a lot of people say they are the uh the modern day oh um that band nickelback a lot of people say they're the modern day Nickelback. Um, is that a good thing? No, that's not a good thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Jared Leto, he said in interviews, he's noted the irony that the thing he has won the most awards for is the thing that he is the most criticized for, mm-hmm. which is music, 30 Seconds to Mars. Jared Leto is the lead singer of 30 Seconds to Mars. He's actually been singing right. longer than he's been acting. He's been acting oh, yeah. for a long time, but he's been with... Well, he's been doing music forever. He's been doing music forever. Um, I mean, he's... His first movie was in 95. He was in television first in 92. And then 30 Seconds to Mars, they had their first album in 2002 which is when they had their first single. So he's been acting longer than he's been with them, but he's noted the irony in multiple interviews, especially after he won his Oscar, that the thing that he has won the most, he has won the most awards for is the thing he is also the most criticized for, which is music. Yeah. Um, Their music has definitely taken a, uh, it's evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. The first couple albums, um, especially life is a beautiful life um had very had a few songs like the kill which had a very hard rock uh screamo aspect to it um (laughs) to then some of the later stuff um like uh, america in 2018 had a more poppy electro feel to it mm-hmm. um so their music has evolved they definitely could not be accused of their music sounding the same <laughs> each album almost has a completely different feel that's all awesome. to it yeah. um this is war their third album yeah their third album um 
I've got things like Kings and Queens, This Is War. Um, it had a cover in one of the editions of um, Stay. Mm. The Rihanna song, Stay. Oh, right. Um, not okay. the Sam Smith's Day, but Rihanna's Stay. Um, that is absolutely beautiful. Um, I think it's a lot better than the original, and I like the original version. Um, there are several covers of the song. I think their cover is probably my favorite. Um, but I think they get a bad rap a lot of times. Uh, Jared Leto, he's obviously an incredibly talented actor. Um, and he's you know, rightly being praised for his acting. He's a little bit of a weird guy, though, um, <laughs> to say the least. He is a method actor. Um, you know, there were some things about... Being a method actor? There's nothing wrong with being a method actor. They've always been kind of the redheaded stepchildren of the acting community. That's what um, wins you awards. It, it really is. I mean, a lot of the best-known... Best actors were method actors, but a lot weren't. Dan Lewis. But um, his method acting, you know, notoriously for Joker and Suicide Squad led to some weird stuff, some controversial stuff a little bit. <laughs> but, um, you know, his role in Dallas Buyers Club Ooh, was, that's what won him his Academy Award. Right. But then, you know, in something like uh, Alexander he was in, he was Sufficient, uh, Colin Farrell's, that's right. Uh, friend and lover. Um, he was in Blade Runner. He's been in a lot of stuff. American Psycho he was in. He was Paul. The guy that got killed with the axe. Hey, Paul. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. Um, so he's been in a lot of movies. He's done a lot of good work in movies. He's done a lot of good work in acting. Um, he's just a little weird. He himself. That's okay. A lot of these guys are. Gotta be weird. <laughs> um he has a little cult thing going on. I don't know if that's still going on. He had a little cult thing going on. But, you know, whenever COVID started, he was out, like, on some sort of self-discovery safari or something like that. Had no communication. Like, like, was out, he was out in the desert, like, yeah. with no electronics or anything like that. Came back home to L.A., had no idea anything with COVID or oh, anything was going on. I've heard about that. And it was very odd. But then he had this little cult thing where he was walking on beaches in white robes with long hair looking like Jesus. And Is he Jesus? <laughs> uh, or is he just Chris Angel? Just kidding. God, who knows? But, um, <laughs> but fun for him. Yeah. I mean, acid is fun. You know, <laughs> I'll. You got to do something to keep the days interesting. Yeah. You got time but, on your hands. Yeah. But no, they're, um, I love a lot of their music. You know, they have End of All Days is a kind of an anti-religion, anti-Jesus song, um, which obviously I'm all about. <laughs> then you have Kings and Queens that kind of sounds like, I remember I was listening that one time and you came home and you were like, why are you listening to church music? Oh, Yeah. And I was like, I'm not. It's but some of the lyrics and just the way the song sounds musically okay. <laughs> together, it does. It kind of sounds like a church song from youth group. So that's kind of funny. But um, no, they've got a lot of good stuff. They've done uh -huh. a wide variety of stuff, and I like that too. 
not just someone who continually sounds the same. So. Yeah, exactly. It's important to be kind of fresh with your stuff. But well, we thought this was going to be a, a quick episode, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was <laughs> not our longest by a long shot, but not short. <laughs> not short. <laughs> so let oh us know goodness. what you guys think of our options. We'd love to hear some of your favorite musicians that are active today. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and subscribe. And look us up on YouTube. All right. Peace out. That's good. Have a good one.